Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? You know, when we were trying to get this podcast off the ground, we had a lot of questions. How do you record an episode? How do I get the show into all the apps people like to listen to? You know, best of all, how do we like to make money off this podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to, your po- to podcast right away. In fact, that's what we're doing right now by reading this ad. You know, I like to listen to, to my scary podcast during the week while I'm at work. And man, let me tell you, it just gets me in an extra zone so I can keep working all day long. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and a diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. And welcome back. Season two. Uh, Hi, Low Sports Podcast. DJ and Kelsey here today. Um, And, you know, it's been a while. 2020 has been... Quite adventurous, to say the least. Uh, DJ, 2020, yeah, ready for it to be over already? I thought Resident Evil The Apocalypse was a joke or a video game. I didn't realize it was a fortune-telling thing. I didn't realize we were all dying, and this is how it was going to go down. Sports was going to get taken away, our lives, everything was going to just poop right in our faces. But here we are, halfway through. Yeah, exactly. Going into July, what, two day, or 24 hours left of June, and we're finally going into July. We've had such a crazy beginning of the year. But there's a bright spot. Sports are back. Uh, you know, it's we had soccer just return. Um, Liverpool just got crowned champions over in England. MLS is coming back on uh, in late in July. And uh, NWSL's back. Meanwhile, England has 18 million new COVID cases after their celebration post Liverpool. I mean, that was not social distancing, but okay. You know, you never walk alone is is Liverpool's uh, you know mantra, and uh, they definitely didn't walk alone after that game. That's for sure. 
one of us gets infected, we all get infected. Unite. <laughs> exactly. So this has been a crazy time. Uh, baseball finally, after back and forth, decided they wanted to, to, to not damage themselves anymore and agreed on terms. I can't feel it, help but feel like they did a lot of damage. I don't think they're going to have nearly the ratings they had hoped for. Everyone thinks of baseball as like, oh, they're stupid. They can't figure it out. Oh, the owners are greedy. Oh, the players are greedy. I think they lost a lot of business from that. I mean, I'll still tune in because sports, but like. Yeah. I like the 60-game season idea, though. I mean, 60, 70, 80, it probably should only be 100 to begin with, not 162, but... Yeah, you know, as, as a baseball fan myself, grew up baseball, it's 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 hard to look at it and think, wow, 162 games should be totally okay, and anything less than that or more than that is, you know, not a big deal. But the fact is, 60 games is... That's the stretch. That is the post-All-Star game stretch, and, you know, they just announced some of their dates to look out for in that. Um, you know, you got 40 games versus division opponents... And then 20 games from the region, and they split up the whole league into regions now. You have your East, you have your West, you have your Central. So you're going to play those guys along with your NLAL division rivals. And having a 60-game season, I think we're going to see a lot less rotation, especially in pitching. You're going to see the Aces get a lot more, like old days, where they're going to see a lot more maybe two games in a short span, almost like a playoff series back. But you're going to see those elite pitchers not pitch once a month. They're going to pitch probably multiple times a week now since – you got basically everything you got to get rolling with baseball. I mean, you don't have that much time to dink around, and there's no point in having all those extra players when you don't have so many games. Exactly. You know, you got you're going to see a lot more of the playoff style rotations, the four day rotations, the you know four man, three man rotations. It'll be it'll happen. Maybe the Rays had you know had had this planned out all along, and that's why they decided to go with their two man starting rotation last season. So maybe that's what happened. But you know, just some dates to look out for for that. You got. July 1st, so literally 48 hours from now, everybody reports. Finally, you know, and again, they're reporting, I guess I should say. And then the 23rd and 24th is opening day 2.0, as they listed it, which, really? Really, baseball? That's the best you can come up with, opening day 2.0? Whatever. And then uh, trade deadline, August 31st, and then playoffs. They haven't announced the actual start dates, but after the, it's going to be sometime after the final games in sept- on September 27th is the uh, last expected regular season games. So as long as there's no rainouts, nothing like that, they should be good. Uh, and they do throw some new rules in there. I mean, it's kind of crazy. I'm not a big fan of the DH, but they are throwing the universal DH in there um, for both leagues. It should be interesting. It'll even out the playing field for sure. You won't have as many pitchers hitting and things like that. So I think they use this as a test run because I think they've been talking about either get putting dh in both leagues or just eliminate it all together i think this is a their opportunity to test run it without as much negative backlash it's like well we were doing with the pandemic we had to do something it's like here's your chance let's give it a try exactly you know it's it, it's going to be there it's going to be their run through um and they're also bringing back the uh the designated runner is what they call it um it's the extra innings when you know if, if you've played slow pitch softball as an adult you know when extra hittings hits, you have that runner that goes and sits on second base, and that's what they start out with. That's a designated runner. The goal is to try to get them home, and you know that's, that gets everything started. So that's what they're going to start with. Um, and then you know just some things COVID-wise that they're doing differently. Uh, they're doing like every other sports league and having the people on the bench sitting uh, sitting in the stands, six feet away from each other at least. Um, and that's all players and personnel, so that'll be different. Um, they're tested every other day, you know, symptom checks twice daily. So this is a it's getting into a kind of a crazy time for sports where there is so much testing and so much, you know, things that they have to go through, like tobacco's forbidden. You know, they can chew sunflower seeds, but you can't spit out the sunflower seeds. 
And then also you can chew gum but not spit it out. So, you know, things are changing in the world and baseball, America's pastime, if you will, is showing the uh, prime examples of that. But the important news, the most important news that's come out recently, the big league coming back, NBA. Took long enough, but at the same time it makes sense. And I'm honestly surprised they're coming back. I was starting to think they were just going to say, no, and just start the next season. Because when this season ends, it's going to be the start of next season, basically. They, they're going to have to refinagle that, and it's going to be not just this year that's weird, but two years that's weird now. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, you mentioned how, how late they're, they're going to be ending this and starting back up. Uh, they, the dates to know um, for this, they have, like, it's October 10th is when it's projected to finish. No, sorry, October 18th is when free agency starts for, for 2020-2021, and it only goes through October 23rd at noon. I mean, yeah, okay, the NBA free agency has always been really short of a time period. Like, it's never been a really extended thing, but this really puts the precedence on, you know, and they released projected start date is December 1st, so they're ending in October starting in December 1st. Like, really, NBA? You got to do what you got to do. I mean, that... Honestly, it's only really going to suck for the final four teams, honestly. The rest of them, it won't be too awkward anyway. It'll be a little late, but it won't be dramatic, I don't think. So those final four teams, they'll be like, ugh, damn it. Especially teams with older players like a LeBron, for example, who's older. Some of those guys on the Clippers, like even Kawhi, who has an old man's body, it seems yeah. like. Or Paul George, who has some injuries here and there. And just some of those guys that usually need that full off season, it's going to... Or the Rockets, I mean. Yeah. James Harden's... <laughs> You can only travel so much without having to take a rest. And then Westbrook, his knees are, while they've been healthy recently, you never know when they're just going to go. I mean, he's had, what, three knee surgeries in the NBA now? So yep. some of these guys having the lack of an offseason might not show this comeback, but next season looking ahead. Exactly. And, you know, you, you mentioned some of the teams playing the final four teams. You know, There is only 22 that are going to be in Orlando um, starting back up. Uh, of those 22 teams, they're going to break it down into 16, you know, just like the playoff run after they go through their – I'm going to call it a, a round-robin stage, basically, to figure out the eighth seed in each division. But, I mean, really, that's what it is. Um, Play-in, basically. Just like the you're worthy, you're worthy, you're worthy. We're just going to get through the team, the selections like when you're doing your dodgeball teams on the playground at this point. Exactly, yeah. And, you know, there are there are a couple teams that have a chance to get in. Really, you can kind of ex-nay the eighth seed over in, in the east. It's pretty much set. Like, the Wizards have an outside shot of making it. But honestly, it's an outside shot. You you, you have Beerton sitting out for the uh, the play in, you know, for the whole thing, and that's something we'll talk about here in a minute. But you know, the, the East is kind of set the way it is. But the West, I mean, you have realistically you have four teams that have a shot at getting in, and you know, the Grizzlies, Blazers, Pelicans, Kings really have a chance. Maybe the Suns on an outside shot if they get really hot really fast. The reason they did twenty two is because. A, they really, really – the NBA wants Zion in the playoffs by any means necessary, and this is them doing whatever they can to get him in there. They, they It's the only reason they did it instead of just doing the normal eight or even doing like a play-in for that eight seed. They are not – they're doing everything in their power to get Zion in there to have Zion and LeBron. Exactly. So. The East, like you said, unless John Wall comes back healthy and looks like pre-injury John Wall and Bradley Beals continues Bradley Bealing it up like he has been, they're probably not going to make that run for the eight seed. It's – possible but unlikely but that west the race for eight is that's kind of what this whole restart's really about i think yeah and you know it's we've had some hits to the race for eight um you know kings losing three players to positive testing um blazers losing a player to positive testing and also losing trevor ariza to opting out because of some family some baby mama drama basically 
um, which is in itself something that it's it's something to think about. A lot of these players have to think about their kids, have to think about their families, have to think about what's best for them in the future. And somebody like Beertons, who's a free agent, free agent after this season, you kind of wonder, like, is this really the best option for him? Um, you know, you just don't know. So it, it's going to be interesting coming down to the wire, um, seeing what everything's happening. And, you know, during the midst of all this, we also have the draft lottery happening on the 25th of August. So that'll be who knows what's going to happen with that. And, you know, that's going to be decided after the race for eight. It's going to be just I, crazy. I am willing to bet all of the corn in Iowa that they are going to get the Warriors that first overall pick. And I say they are going to give it to them because it is not a draft lottery. It's going to get gifted to the Warriors. That is my prediction now. Exactly. And, you know, if you don't know already, the Warriors are not one of the teams invited to Orlando. No, um, I'm shook. <laughs> they had such an outside shot of winning 12 games. Yeah, exactly. You know, we talked about it early in the season. I thought they might sneak into the playoffs, but with injuries and everything else that happened, there was no chance. Um, but so we talked about a little bit about players sitting out. I mean, what's your thoughts on it, man? Like, uh, what, what, if, you were, if you were in Bearden's position, you're a free agent coming into next year. You're not that highly touted, but you're probably one of the higher – ranked free agents still out there would you risk it to play in this or would you it depends like we don't know his family issue like maybe as a wife or somebody elizabeth who's considered high risk or maybe as kids in that case can't really blame him I mean, avery bradley's one who's sitting out because his wife i believe or his kids one of them i can't remember who it was is considered high risk so if he catches it and then passes along to them well yeah i can't even imagine how he'd feel honestly if they got really sick from that so if beardens for example does have that same thing I can't really blame him, but, like, honestly, you can't bl- – I can't blame anybody. Like, I would like to think I'd play if I didn't have anybody I was coming home and putting at risk, for example. If it was just me, myself, more or less, I'd probably play just because you have such a small window. But I can't fault anyone for saying I, I just don't feel comfortable. Or in these situations like Bradley or Reza, like, these are unnormal circumstances. Don't, don't put yourself out there. Don't put yourself at risk. I mean, it is the quote-unquote bubble. Everyone – more than half of those players are probably going to catch something or some, some kind. Maybe not half of them, but a fair amount of them are going to catch something. Exactly. You know, and we mentioned those catching them. We've already had some positive results come out. I, I mentioned, mentioned you know, the Kings lost three players. They lost Buddy Hill, Alex Lynn, Jabari Parker, yeah, Miami. too, especially Buddy Hill. That kind of kills your Kings playoff chance. Yeah, you know, it, it hurts because they had a chance. They really do. I mean, they're, they're tied there three – it's like two games out of out of the eighth seed, so that, that hurts. Um, you know, you got uh, Derek Jones for the Heat. I mean, yeah, he's not the most expensive player the Heat could lose, but he is definitely a role player that that's going to hurt losing him. Um, but then there's two big ones that you know, not even including like the Brooklyn Nets ones. You got the Nuggets losing the best center in the game, Nikola Jokic. And he's still in Serbia, too. He's not even in the U.S., so it's like, exactly. okay. So you're basically going to have to count on not having him at this point. Exactly. And then Malcolm Brogdon, the Pacers guard, he tested positive. That's a huge one. And That kind of makes sense. I mean, he was in the middle of a lot of the protests and a lot of the rallies. I mean, he unfortunately was right in the midst of it in hot spots. So, I mean, if he wouldn't have got positive, it would have been kind of a shock, honestly. Yeah, and, and you know, he, he we mentioned he was in the riots and in, in, in the protests and everything, but... He was protected. He did wear his mask. He did wear his gloves. He was covered. But at the same time, in all those... There's only so much you can do. You take your mask off for two seconds, one little particle of death creeps in. It's like... Exactly. You know, everything that happens and... Hand touching, like, it's 
it's a risky it's a risk you're willing to take and it unfortunately came back and bit him in the butt and chances are he's not going to be back for this in time i don't know how the two-week thing works because it's still more than two weeks away maybe he gets cleared to come in but and the pacers are in kind of that i think the pacers are in that luxury position of being outside of the playing games i think they're i think they're in the, the the games that they don't have to play it or something like that or they play maybe one or two of the warm-up games like they're going to the playoffs they're pretty yeah. comfortable like so it's possible we could see them i guess and um, all the depots talk about really ramping up his practice to see if his quad can handle it if you can get 60 percent of oladipo especially for those early rounds that can make them more of a contender with teams like the heat the bucks the celtics those teams at the top exactly and then, then you got the nets i mean the nets just losing DeAndre Jordan, and then also they lost Spencer Dinwiddie. And, you know, we talked about the Nets possibly being a, a team to watch out for because you're at that point where KD is talking about returning. Not for this year. He's already conceded this year. As he, okay, did he officially come out after he the restart? Said, he said, my season's done. Like that Okay. One. But yeah. then you have Kyrie out for – so this could be a blessing in disguise for them, honestly, because you almost want to get out of the playoffs as quick as you can if you're them. You don't want to drag this on because your two best players are done. Yeah. You're – it's probably better for them to just get out as fast as they can because they're not winning the championship. But they're good enough and deep enough they could win a damn first-round series against somebody randomly. Yeah, they and are. And their season, it's, I feel like they need to just go all in for next season and be their best choice, which is weird to say about a playoff team. But next season is the, the good luck everybody else. Exactly. No, I, I feel the same way about a lot of these teams. Like, if you're not the Bucks, the Clippers, the Lakers – Maybe, maybe the Houston. Celtics. Maybe Houston, too. Like, yeah, maybe Houston. I mean, if you're not one of those teams, I'm kind of like saying, hey, pack it in, man. Think about think about if you pack it in early, you don't maybe have to worry about dealing with the COVID as much. But you also you got to think about that draft lottery, too. If you pack it in a little early, you might hit that 15-16 spot right there in the draft lottery. Like, that might be not too bad to finish. Um, you know, again – the draft is 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 still two months away, but it's something to think about because there's all these kids that we were talking about the other day. Who's your first round draft pick? Like, who is going to be the number one overall draft pick coming up? And we don't really know right now. Trace Tinkle out of Oregon State. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Who knows? Maybe Ball. Maybe Lamelo Ball will be uh be the next one to to go number one. It's it's crazy to think about. It's it is the weirdest thing. Um, this whole restart in one location, you know. You can only bring 37 people to travel. Uh, God, they have so many weird rules. Like, they can confirm two-way contracts. They, you know, their payroll is completely frozen as of the end of day tomorrow. Like, it's it's just so strange to see in our day and age. Like, it's almost like a, like a, like a, a TV series or like a, like a Jeopardy. Or basically, you know, it's all like a primetime drama on a network TV show sort of thing, like Chicago PD met or something like that. Exactly. Cranked up to 11. You know, you mentioned you mentioned they want to get LeBron. They want to get Zion. And it it really feels like that. That's part of the drama. Like, let's see what we can do to get him in. That being said, if I had to pick for that eight seed, I'm looking at those teams that are left on picking experience, firepower and health. And I'd probably go with the Blazers on that one, because out of all the teams remaining, you got a top five player in the league, arguably, at point guard with Damian Lillard. CJ McCollum, one of the best second options out there. You got you you got uh, Hassan Whiteside, who's playing out of his mind for a while there. You got Yurkic, is that, is that how you say his name? Yurkic? Yeah, Nus- yeah, no, uh, yeah, Nusuf Yurkic. Yeah, Yurk- yeah, there we go. I can't, y- or Yusuf Nurkic. Yusuf Nurkic. Nurkic. It's the JN, not yeah, the NJ. They- Anyway, you got him coming back relatively healthy after his terrible leg injury last year. Yeah. I know you lose Ariza, that kind of hurts. You got Carmelo, who's rested now too, so it gives you a little something. 
they're not beating the Lakers, even if they get that AC. They're get they're losing in round one, but they could be a dangerous type of team with just the way they're built. And they've been injured all year, and yet they're still in the hunt because you have a top five player in the game still just sitting there ready to go off for sixty at any given moment and shoot from the opposite team's logo. Yeah, and and let's not leave out CJ out of that either. I mean, you have another a top twenty arguably player. Yeah, top thirty right now, maybe top twenty. But there's again, you don't know with with CJ. CJ CJ is one of those hit or miss guys. He's a streaky player. But you know, you, you know, you mentioned it a little bit. If they don't, if they match up with the Lakers, they probably don't have a chance. So I kind of want to revisit our rankings a little bit. I know I don't have our rankings in front of us, but we we both kind of had the the Lakers Clippers matchup happening in the semifinals and then. Or in the conference finals, and then we had Boston, Milwaukee on the other side. Is that kind of still how you feel? You feel it's going to be Clippers, Lakers, Milwaukee, Boston? I yeah, probably. I mean, there's not really a whole. Who else is there really? I mean, in the East, I think the Heat could maybe do something. They got a deep team like Boston. I met. I like Boston, but I don't. I'm not too sure about them. Milwaukee is kind of the class of their own in the East. If everyone comes back healthy and there's no issues. Then the West, it's the Clippers and the Lakers. This buy actually has probably helped the Lakers more than anybody else. Like, you got LeBron, who's the best player in the world sometimes. But when, he's the, not, when he doesn't want to be lazy. When he, he just has a bad tendency, like you said, of being lazy for more than half the season. Like, And I don't want to say stat padding, but like picking and choosing his spots that will make him look good when he plays like LeBron James. Yeah. Now he's rested and loaded. There's no excuse for him not to just come out and be like, okay, finals against the Warriors, LeBron James, here I am. And just basically roll that through the rest and good luck everybody else. Anthony Davis was something to prove and rested with his often injured body. Yeah. Bringing in J.R. Smith, it looks like, too. Yeah, well, that's, that's official now. Well rested and well high. He's ready to go. He knows the score now. So Hey, he beat the crap out of somebody during the protest. So he's that dude deserved what he got. And J.R., he's ready to scrap. He's ready to go. If that, if that fighting J.R. comes out, any J.R. is going to be a, a thing of the past. So I think, and then the Clippers are the Clippers. They're the best, top to bottom. They're arguably the best team in the league. So Absolutely. it's a it's a three horse race, in my opinion, still with a chance for an upset for maybe a Houston to get in the way and take out a Clippers or a Lakers, but unlikely. I would not bet on it. And you know, the one I'm going to eat my words on earlier this season, I, I did say that Mavericks wouldn't do anything. Uh, by the way, they're what the five seed somewhere in there, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm sorry, Luca. I doubted your greatness. Um, you know, and Luca is somebody that he could cause a problem. He's he's healthy again. I mean, you got Kristaps coming back now too. Uh, that's that team might might make some trouble. Might make some waves. I don't think they're going to beat them, but I, I you know I, I'm still sticking with my. They'll take a chunk out of the elbow on their way out. Yeah. Like, they'll lose, but they'll lose in an annoying six games. They're like, God, get away, guys. Get away. Quit, <laughs> quit keeping this competitive. I'm tired of working. Exactly. It's going to be like if they go up against the Lakers, it's going to be it's going to be a six, seven-game series, and it's going to be one of those that LeBron at the end of it's like, fine, I will play. Get out of my way. You know? I think in that type of game, he'll see Luke and be like, oh, this guy, he thinks he's the next LeBron James. Oh, then roll up his sleeves, tidy up his beard a little bit, slap on his headband, and hopefully – Exactly. Go off for his 30, 10, and 9 type self that he's we'll see, capable of doing. We'll see headband and sleeved up LeBron right there. God, if we get headband sitting on the top of his head, LeBron, like from Miami, it's over. Oh, the the, the crown headband is what I call it. You know, that's his that's his, his king's crown. It, but when he when he breaks out that bad boy, it's you're gonna need a Herculean effort from a one of the best coaches of all time, like the twenty fourteen Spurs or a Dirk Nowitzki type performance to stop that man. Yeah, it's it's gonna be crazy. So all right, so we've talked about the teams. We're we're both still sticking kinda you know, Lakers, Clippers, Milwaukee, Boston, in that region. Uh, pick your team to win it all, and then pick your player of the tournament. 
So I'm going to stick with my preseason pick of the Lakers win it all this year. I think this break just kind of certifies X. Their biggest weakness was getting injured and getting being older, old and lazy. That's eliminated. You're good to go now. So you get to come in fresh as a daisy right into the playoffs, basically. So obviously the Lakers are, I'm going to stick with them. Not just, why would I back off now? Yeah. True. Players to watch. There's obviously LeBron. There's Kawhi. There's Paul George. There's all those guys we've talked about. The one guy I'm going to say to just keep an eye out on for, because he's in that eighth seed, he's battling for it, and I mentioned him earlier, keep an eye out for Damian Lillard. He's he's clearly feeling it. He was balling before they left. He's been balling all season. He said he's not playing if he doesn't get a chance to play for the playoffs, and everyone misconstrued his words and tried, tried to roast him about it, basically. Look out. I can see him coming in that first game, dropping a casual 45 and 8, just like, oh, by the way, guys, uh, call me Dame Nickel again. Yeah, exactly. And then I can see him coming out like a bat out of hell and just for these play-in games in that first round, just going off for a 30, 40, 50. He's probably, he's like Clay Thompson when he gets hot. Good luck, everybody else. The difference <laughs> is even when he's not hot, he's a little bit, he's dirty, man. He's a he's the best point guard in the league, arguably. He's he, a top seven-ish player. He's a guy like Clay where he can either dribble the ball six times the entire game and score 40, or he can dribble the ball 100 times the entire game and score 60. Like, you know he's he's the ultimate monster there. And he run, and he can run the offense. Like when his shots not falling, like against the Nuggets in some of those games, he can distribute the ball. He can play off the ball, move things around, space the floor. He's not just a pass the ball and sit there and stand in the wing type of guy. He's he's the type of player you can build around and work with, even when he's not dropping sixty. So exactly. And they have so much more experience than Sacramento, than the Pelicans, and those children, and all those the Memphis Grizzlies. My goodness, like. Yeah. Neither one of us has really talked about the Grizzlies because they've been a good story. John Morant's the rookie of the year that we both predicted. Or if we didn't, I think. I, 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 I didn't. I, I, I picked R.J. Barrett, and I regret everything about that decision. But oh, Okay, maybe it was me and Devin that picked. Yeah, yeah, okay. you and Devin. You and Devin had that right. It was uh, Zion. You guys said he was either going to be Zion or Jaw, and, and yeah. I picked Jaw because Zion was broken at the time, but yeah. yeah. But anyway, like they've been a fun story, but I don't think anyone's really – I think they're still a couple years away. Like, they've been a really good job. Moran's outstanding, but I can't see them in this last-minute play and thing just having the ability to get that eighth seed. Exactly. I could be wrong. I mean, they have, they're have they in the front, if I'm not mistaken. If not, pretty close to it. So, it'll yeah. be interesting, but I'm still picking the Blazers. Picking Damian Lillard, who's the best player in everything outside of the top three seeds, basically, in my opinion, That and not including, yeah. So, that's, that's your eighth seed. you got the Lakers winning it all. Dame's your guy to watch. So, what about finals MVP or MVP of the season? Are they even going to do a season MVP this year? I mean, uh, my understanding is they're still going to do the awards like they would normally do, but it's going to be kind of a here's a up through March award, season award, yeah, something like that. I feel like at that point it kind of has to go to Giannis more or less because LeBron was starting to catch up a little bit, starting to catch fire towards the end there, but it was cut short when he started picking it up. And Giannis, like 30, 12, 8, the defense, every he the complete package, he's. What we were talking about with LeBron when he turns it on, that's pretty much Giannis on a day in a doubt basis. He's yeah. the ultimate grinder, the ultimate superstar. I, I think he could. I think he captured back-to-back MVPs. Someone will probably vote for Harden just because for some reason people love to give Harden the award because they see the point totals. But I'm going to stick with Giannis, but I would not be surprised to see it go to LeBron either. Yeah. My vote would go to Giannis right now just because where the season ended, LeBron was cu- making up ground, but Giannis still had the lead. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I I'm gonna I'm gonna go. Uh, this actually leads into what I'm gonna say perfectly. I'm still sticking with my Bucks to to win it all. I say my Bucks just because that was my pick. They're not mm. my team, but that was my pick. Um, I think Giannis. This is the best thing that could happen for Giannis, honestly, 
because he does play so hard day in and day out that sometimes when he gets to the playoffs, he you can see him just being exhausted. When the Raptors won it, it's because they got to Giannis, and Giannis was like dead. Like the dude was exhausted. So I do think this will be perfect for him. Um, yeah, there's seven game series going forward, but it's eight games, and then at max you're playing 28 games to win a title. You know, and so if if for 36 games Giannis can stay on board, I think he's got it all. But I do say, you know, you mentioned the Blazers for that eight seed. Um, I'm with you on that boat, mostly because of the Kings not being healthy. Buddy Hill being out is going to hurt so much. Same with Jabari Parker. Um, that hurts them so much. I, I, it's hard to pick against the Blazers because, you, you know, you mentioned everything is you got healthy Carmelo. You got Dame just being Dame. You have C.J. McCollum. You, you know, you have all these guys just, just ready to go. And it's hard to pick against them. Um, the only outside shot I think anybody has is the Suns. Not that they literally would have to win every game and everybody else have to lose them all, but still, I I think I want Devin Booker to be Devin Booker that we all know and love. I want Devin Booker to not end up being Archie Manning. Basically, I want him to be able to chance to dominate on in winning situations with winning players around him on a winning team. Which I think the Suns are turning the corner, but I don't. I wouldn't blame him if he's like, no, nah, I've I've had enough. Five years, what is it? Four years of me dropping twenty seven points a game on fifty percent shooting. Yep. And winning twenty to thirty, like this is their breakout season. They 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 have like thirty wins or whatever it is. Like, yeah. I don't I don't blame him if he wants out. I'd love to see it, but I can't. They they're just there's too many holes in that team right now and. Yeah, this this restart doesn't really help them as much as it helps the other teams. Exactly. Yeah, they're they're kind of the outside team looking in, really the outside outside team looking in. Um, so it's it's hard to, but I, I do hope that for Devin Booker's sake, I want to see the Suns do something, especially since my Kings will not even come close. <laughs> and then um, yeah, the Kings are probably not the Pelicans. I think they have a shot, but I'm gonna take experience in that one just for this year. The Spurs. I think this is the year they don't make it, unfortunately. I think this is where the straight runs of playoffs finally ends, which I guess if you're going to pick a time to end it, it might as well be in the covid short season, so there's at least a kind of a quote-unquote cop out there. Yeah, there's definitely a big asterisk on the end of this one. but So which, that's kind of... Which is going to suck for whoever wins the title, because this one's going to have a big asterisk on whoever wins. It's like, hey, you won in the COVID season. Congratulations. Which means when LeBron does it, all the LeBron haters are going to shit on him. If LeBron doesn't win, it's like, wow, we couldn't even win in a covid short season. What a nerd. Exactly. So... You know that that kind of you know wraps up our thoughts on the on the restart. Now this is going to obviously change as we get back, um, but kind of yeah that does it for the NBA for for right now because we just don't know enough about anything else. So moving on, don't call it a cam back. That's right, Cam Newton, my boy, signed with the worst team in the world, the New England Patriots. Uh, in what is the best move for both players or both player and team that I've ever seen? Uh, he's signed for a seven point five million dollar incentive, heavy incentive based contract. Which, if you're the the Patriots, you're like, oh, you mean we can pay him at most one point five million, or at least one point five million at most seven point five for a former MVP? All right, we'll take our chances. Like, I saw a thing where Chase Daniel makes more than James Winston and Cam Newton. Like, yeah. Which, unfortunately, Richard Sherman also chimed in and was saying, like, oh, let's address the elephant in the room. Like, obviously, Cam's getting kind of a shitty contract for him, but he accepted it knowing, basically, like, coming off injuries, a very weird, unnatural circumstance with the COVID. He's like, just give me a chance. I will Cam on all of these people. And you get to go to the best coaching staff, arguably, in the league. 
an offensive juggernaut coach in Josh McDaniels, who's able to do that as an OC, not as a head coach, obviously. He's a frat bro as a head coach. but Yeah. And you have a pretty good amount of weapons, a decent O-line, and you're in a perennial winner. What more can you ask for for Cam? Yeah, I mean, you're going to a team that was, what, number one defense last year who they lost Van Noy, who wasn't really doing much. Uh, but your offense, you, you improve your offense mostly because you actually have an offensive line to block for you for once. And your entire defense was reloaded in the draft with all those young studs they drafted, which I'd say young studs, even though a lot of them were like, what the heck are you doing, Bill? But Bill took him, so until proven otherwise, all right, Belichick, you got this. I trust you. Yeah. Somehow you'll make it work. It's the Belichickian way. You just don't don't question it, and it just keeps working, and it doesn't make sense. Especially on defense in the front seven, it seems like. Exactly. But so this is a huge move, though, for many reasons. I mean, you look at Cam coming off an injury – finally healthy for the first time in what feels like forever hopefully healthy. since since his mvp season at the very least i mean he yeah he looks healthy he sounds healthy i mean he, everything's he said is good um hopefully he's not hiding anything but honestly yeah if he's actually healthy he actually has an offensive line for the first time um you got a, a duo of running backs back there and sony michelle and james white not to mention rex burkhead that can literally pretty much do anything that Christian McCaffrey by himself could do, but you know you're losing a lot, but you're not losing much. You got a C minus version of Christian McCaffrey, basically, yeah. more or less. And you know they're going to sign a random guy like Joe Gray to just come in and rush for 200 yards and get cut next week. So add that guy to the Patriots roster, whoever he might be. Exactly. And then you got the, the 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 man that just doesn't die, Julian Edelman out there, the bearded wonder. He's still just existing out there in a, in a slot, just. Waiting for somebody to throw him the ball. Scoring sixes on and off the field, clearly. But Exactly, you know, back in the days. Uh, but no, yeah, and so it's actually a really good move for Cam. Um, you kind of hate to see it because you, you'd like to see what he could do with DJ Moore, but at the same time when the, the, Patriots decided, or the Panthers decided, hey, Cam, you can do whatever you want, this is probably the best situation for Cam. It's one of them. I mean, like, there's other teams, like, I wouldn't mind seeing, I'd hate to see in there, but Pittsburgh would have been a good option to look at him. They should have looked him because they clearly don't have a backup quarterback. Yeah. I really don't think they have a starter. I think Big Ben's really done, honestly. But you imagine him with those weapons, Juju, James Conner, the offensive line, and that defense, too, in Pittsburgh. My goodness. Yeah. I think more teams should have looked at him, but honestly, you can't go wrong. You have a top tier defense, and you know, Belichick's like, well, last year we won all of our games 21-14, to 14, so clearly losing Tom Brady is not going to change that much because it's not like he gave us a whole lot Yeah, last year. so Still 25 touchdowns through the air. Which isn't but, bad, obviously. Yeah. But like, Cam can give you 25 touchdowns if you include through the air and running is what he's thinking. And, and this might be the year that we see Cam actually throwing 25 touchdowns. I would prefer to see him throw the ball more than – I'd like to see him run in the red zone. He can have 10 touchdowns, but I don't want 100 rushing attempts from him this year. Yeah. I don't want to see the the quarterback power from the 35 on the other side of the field on first and 10 when it's an even ball game. Like, I don't want to see that right now. I don't want him jumping ball and head first from the seven-yard line going to the end zone over a safety like he did against Carolina in that (laughs) NFC Championship game just for fun when you're up by 20. Yeah, let's – you know, and that's the thing with Cam is Cam's always been one of those guys that when he's in his playing career, he kind of does the unthinkable just because he has the athletic ability. Well, Cam – you're coming off of a huge injury. Multiple huge injuries. Yeah, that sidelines you for a year and a half. And let's pump the brakes a little bit and be the guy that you can be. Because he can just, throw the ball. It's not questionable. Let's just relax and take it slow. You don't. I know you have a flair for the dramatic and you're fantastic at it. And you probably will be doing it by the end of the season if they make a playoff run, which I think they kind of will. 
But in those first few weeks, let's just relax, take it slow, yeah, flick at the Julian Edelman on those little screens and double out routes. And as Aaron Rodgers said, R-E-L-A-X. You know, you just got to relax because it really, it will be. He, he is one of those guys that once he gets in the flow of the offense, come playoff time, that could be the dude that wins you some. Especially if he can stay healthy throughout the whole year. If there's no other setbacks, nothing else. If, if you can get like not even, it doesn't have to be MVP cam. It could just be healthy cam from those even the years before that and a couple years after that before the injuries took their toll. Yeah, and he gives them something they never had with Brady. Is a dynamic weapon as the quarterback. Patriots have always been like real methodical. That's why they don't see Randy Moss out there anymore. Or Julio Jones. It's Mohamed Sanu's Julian Edelman's. It's very precise. Very basically, it's like a math equation to a T. There's not a whole lot of leeway. But now, when you have Cam with the rocket arm, not as accurate as Tom Brady, not the speed reader that he is, not the quote-unquote surgeon, but, God, he can just hit you upside the head with the blunt instrument, which is him 260-pound self running downhill. And his rocket arm, if it's still healthy, can zing it in the tight windows. It'll, we'll see how he fits because he's not going to have the most outstanding receivers as far as athletic ability. But they'll get open. They'll run clean routes. That's been hammered into their soul since they moved to New England. So Yeah. And if they're not wide open, which was kind of the issue last year, Brady, in the games they lost, Brady couldn't – you know how meticulous he is. If they're not – if it's 12 and out, if they go 12 and a half and out, Brady's going to misfire it basically more or less. Yep. And, or he's just not going to throw. He's going to get timid or something. I, I don't want to say timid. Tom Brady and timid don't go together, but you know what I mean. He's, yeah, he, he doesn't make the stupid play. He doesn't see you throttling down at the right spot. He's reluctant to release it where Cam's like, nah, it's cool. I'm going to throw this right through that guy's head and get it to you anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, and it's true. I mean, he has he has the things that Tom has been had been lacking for that offense. Tom is not mobile. Cam is very mobile. Tom is pretty easy to take down in the pocket. Like, let's be honest, you touch the man, he curls into a ball like what Peyton and Eli do. I will say he's good at avoiding pressure in the pocket. But if you can get a hold on him, he's not breaking out of it very often. Exactly. And and Cam is the opposite. I mean, Cam is – he he is very mobile in the pocket. He can move. He can do everything. He can avoid pressure. But he's also a pain in the butt, like, to take down. Good luck trying to take that man down because I uh, wouldn't want to. And, you know, he does have the rocket of an arm still. And he has gotten better and better with his accuracy as the years have gone by. And his deep ball is still something that he has that – really is unquestionable he can still throw it up over somebody to somebody down the sideline if needed we'll talk about this more in our upcoming quarterback rankings we're gonna do kind of like we did last year like but lamar jackson's issue is inside the numbers he'll throw darts but when it comes to outside the numbers and up the sidelines and down the field is where he seems to i don't say struggles but it's clearly where he needs to work on cam is kind of the opposite where it seems like inside the numbers when he's throwing straight ahead is when he's had erratic problems with throwing flag routes comebacks corners like to the sideline He's been throwing those darts since he was a rookie. I mean, yeah. when he had two 400-yard games in a row for his first two games, those corner routes to Steve Smith back then and even now, he he thrives on those type of routes, like high lows to the sidelines where other most quarterbacks, because most quarterbacks don't sling it like that, yeah. prefer the inside the numbers type of things. But it's just almost like how Donovan Nab would always throw more accurate on the run for some reason that you can't explain. Cam throws more accurate the more di- the higher degree of difficulty to the outside. Yeah, he, he plays up to his throws, it kind of seems like. But I will say that on the opposite side of this, and this is me as an Auburn fan, super torn in all this, I was so excited to see Jared Stidham take over this offense because it is exactly the offense that Jared Stidham needs, where it's a short, quick passing game, and we could have seen something pretty special, I think. And I think we still can. It's but a- I, I, I got to say, I think this is, this is part Belichick taking a flyer on Cam and part Belichick being like, look, Stidham. I want to see some fire out of you. 
he wants to see that Tom Brady competitor come out of Stidham, and I think that's what is, this is. He wants to challenge him in this this training camp and see if he can actually beat him. And who knows? Maybe we might see Stidham come out, and maybe we're talking about Cam starting immediately, and that's not what happens. Maybe Stidham does beat him out in training camp. And it could be a thing, too. Like I think he wanted to go all in on Stidham. That's why he kept sitting out, sitting out, but he just didn't see that it factor. Like with Jimmy Garoppolo, once they took him immediately, that first preseason, we're like, oh, yeah. That's the guy. That's yeah. the second coming. Maybe Jared Sidham just hasn't shown that, I guess. like, And maybe it is that fire that he's missing. It's possible. Or maybe he just doesn't quite read the defenses the same at the NFL level. He just doesn't make the plays. We don't know. We haven't seen him really play besides a little preseason. Yep. So it's possible, but I I want to see Cam this year. As much as I don't want to see him on the Patriots, I'd rather see him anywhere else. It'll be fun to see him in a team that's built differently than his previous teams, which maybe it'll be for the better. Yeah, it's, and it is, you're right. It's I mean, he hasn't had an offensive line in his entire career that I can think of. He didn't have it at Blinn Junior College. He didn't have one at Auburn. He didn't have one at all during his Panthers career. He had a his, couple good ones, but I don't think they were ever as cohesive as this one. Yeah, his best offensive line was the year they went to the Super Bowl, and that was still a pretty, well, let's be honest, average it was middle NFL of offensive pack. line. It was middle of the pack. It wasn't like those early Colts ones, but it wasn't exactly the Cowboys line either. It was splitting the difference, basically. And you saw that in the Super Bowl with Von Miller absolutely torturing poor Cam back there. You know, and it was just... In that offensive line's defense, Von Miller tortured everybody that postseason in that, that playoff run. He ate, he ate Tom Brady's lunch in that AFC Championship game. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm excited. This is, this is the first move towards the NFL coming back. Um, and as we talked about, you know, everything's planning on coming back. NFL's planning on coming back. College is planning on coming back. Uh, we might not have fans in the stands. We might have partial stands. We don't know. We have, they haven't released the exact details on all that yet. But it's exciting to think that we might actually have sports to watch. And it's going to be football every Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Well, we'll see about Saturday. and We'll see about Saturday because I'm still curious how college football is going to work out. That's... You can't really bubble that as well as you can with NFL or NBA. I mean, yeah. I'm hopeful, but there's just too many. You tell those college kids, hey, you can't go to the bar after the game. You can't go socialize with anyone. You had to go straight. Good luck with that. Yeah, I mean. Go into the classrooms, which a lot of them might require face masks and distancing and being on. I'm hopeful, but we'll see how it goes. Or I could see a lot of games getting canceled or worked when one player tests positive and seasons yeah. could go down the drain. Like Trevor Lawrence tests positive, Clemson season's done, basically. It, or they have to forfeit games and they're out of the national championship picture. It's, I really hope it doesn't come to that. I hope that it's all just goes peachily and a little uncomfortably weird, but still works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's definitely not going to be a situation where you have like the loudest stadium on in in the SEC being a factor anymore. It's definitely going to be a stadium uh, a situation where you're basically going to be playing in front of a D three college attendance of. 5,000 people if that like really is what's going to have to happen if not less honestly you might as well it'd probably be best just to not have fans in the stands at all I mean, yeah I'd hate that because I have some NFL tickets coming up and I would like to actually get to use those but <laughs> yeah I it probably honestly be best if they just said nope we're not risking it because look at it right now I mean cases are spiking again because people are like oh it's getting better we can start doing stuff again well you did too much stuff too, too quick now guys way to go exactly so, I say just keep fans out of it. Keep your necessary media and use the necessary media, necessary personnel to just work the games, lighting, all that sort of stuff. Just whatever you need to the absolute essentials plus some and use that space for those people more or less. Exactly. That way those sidelines aren't nearly as crowded as they tend to be sometimes. Oh, yeah. Unless I mean, some of those photogs sit in the very front row leaning over the edge, basically. Yeah. The shots won't be nearly as good, but 
silver linings in COVID. I mean, it's a yeah. weird ass time we have to just deal with. Exactly, and, and you know, for college especially, that you know they have that weird rule that you can only travel with fifty five, but at home you can dress like up up to whatever. Yeah, like however many players you have, you can dress them all. Um, and so it, it is. It's one of those weird things that maybe that has to go away, and maybe you have to do forty five on both sides, and that's it. And then twenty personnel. Like maybe that's what we has has, has to happen, but. Um, you know, you hit it now on the head, and I feel like that's a kind of a good way for us to end this first first podcast back. Wear your fucking masks. Wash your hands. Don't be an asshole. And protect yourself and those around you. It's not the mask isn't just for you. The mask is for everybody else. Before we go anywhere, there we have been talking about live sports. The UFC, even though it probably did it recklessly, but it's worked out, has been back for a couple months now. They came back first, and they've been rolling, which is kind of easy when you only have 24 fighters. I think because you have 12 fights in a night and you can keep them half of them separated. It's a lot easier than 53 men on each side. Yeah. But they've done a good job. And this last week, potential fight of the year, Dustin Poirier, Dan Hooker. Dustin Poirier's nickname needs to be, oh, my God, because every fight he's in is a banger. He is His last three, three of his last four fights have been fight of the year candidates. He brings it every time, and he's the man, and he beats just about everybody. The fact that he lost to Conor McGregor in 2014, people need to get over that. Okay, it was – he got – he got KO'd at a bad weight class for him, and since then he's lost like twice. He's been absolutely murking people. He's beat champions. He's beat like five former champions. Just beat Dan Hooker, who was arguably had next, and he did it in spectacular fashion, just a nonstop banger. My God, I still have adrenaline. I wasn't even fighting. I wasn't even there. Yeah. So respect on Dustin Di- the Diamond Poirier's name. That was Just got to throw that in there because people hey. seem to want to always, anytime he says anything on Twitter, the first comment is, I don't just knock them out. I pick the round with the Conor McGregor gift <laughs> yeah, every time. Yeah. And but you know what's funny? You mentioned the UFC has been back for a while now, and you know, yeah, they recklessly. But for any league going forward, the UFC has set up a pretty good model up of constant testing leading up to it, constant testing the days prior to, and separation. People. And everybody wore their fucking masks except Dana White. But like, okay, well, Dana White is the he's a. You can clearly tell where he politically tends to lean, honestly. Like, he's he's yeah. got his favoritisms there, but it's not – it's a lot easier when you have so few athletes competing, too, and half of them are facing against the other half, so you just keep that half separate, basically. Yeah, Agent Orange works his way into all things. So, you know, it's it, it is only a matter of time before Dana White showed his true colors there. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's – he's the one exception, but everybody else has seemed to they, – they went along with it. They knew, like, hey, look, if I don't wear my mask, I don't get to fight. And they get tested when they show up. It's it's different because other sports can't do it the way they do it necessarily, but they've done a good job with their sport making it happen. Only one fighter's tested positive, and that was before the event in the very first one. Yeah. And, and, and even he kind of knew about it and vaguely warned him, it sounded like. Right when he landed, he's like, hey, my relative had COVID. They're like, okay, get your ass over here away from everybody else real quick. Exactly. He was quickly isolated, quickly handled, and he was never in contact with the other fighters. So. And even when they did their face-off after weighing in, they were, like, 12 feet apart with gloves and masks on. Like, they're like, yeah. you ain't getting close to me, sir. No, sir, you keep your COVID over there. Yep. Well, anything else you want to add before we we cap off our, our first episode back for Season 2? Not a whole lot. Just be sure to tune in. We're going to bring back the rankings, some preseason predictions for NFL, and some more NBA stuff coming in, recapping those as those games pick up. Glad to have sports back. Hopefully they stay back. Don't ruin it, you guys. Don't yeah. ruin this for the rest of us. Yeah, please don't ruin it. I mean, we're wearing our masks every day. We're trying to trying to protect us and our, everybody else as much as possible. So, you know, do it for the sports, if nothing else. Do it for the sports. 
don't do it for your family. Don't do it for your friends. Don't do it for your coworkers. Do it for the sports. Don't do it. Yeah, don't do it for your, your kids, your wife, your girlfriend, whatever. Clearly, that hasn't been motivation enough. So do it for the sports. If you don't do it for the sports, at least do it for your dog. If you can't do it for your dog, then you're, just, you're messing up. So that does it for us today. Um, as always, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Baker's, fresh for everyone.